Hello and welcome to the Practice Builders podcast with me, Rosie Piercy. I'm a chiropractor, clinic director and practice builder. And this podcast is here to help you build the practice of your dreams. Now, we've been talking for the past two podcasts about the um, essential elements of, of building or marketing your clinic. So the first one of those was websites. I'll put a link to that in the show notes in case you want to listen to that one if you haven't already. And the second element is newsletters, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So why do we need to send newsletters? And also, why do people not send newsletters? So the first thing, so why are they important? Well, the beauty of sending a newsletter to patients on your list is you're sending um, information to people who already think you're great. They've already come in to see you, they've had an appointment with you, they've got better or they've improved and they're either still in care or they may have dropped out of care because they've, they've got what they wanted from it. So by contacting them again and on a regular basis, it reminds them that you exist, it um, tells them about other things that you treat and it also can prompt appointments, you know, the ones that have been thinking, oh, I must make an appointment. And then you email them and it reminds them to get on and do that now. So that's that's why we do it. But some people don't like sending newsletters. And um, I want to try and cover some of those reasons now about why people don't do that. So mostly I think there's a feeling that we're bothering people, that we don't want to send people spam, spam email or... or um, or just generally getting in their inboxes and winding people up, and they don't, and it's a feel like it's almost um, getting into their space. Now, I think that's I can understand that thought process, and I've had similar thought processes myself before I started doing newsletters regularly. But actually, that's the wrong way to look at it. By sending a regular email um, to people, you're providing them with helpful information. So this newsletter's got to be interesting for people to read. It doesn't have to be long, and we'll talk about this more in what goes into a newsletter later. But it's providing patients with useful information that will help make their lives better. So it could be tips on how to sleep better. We're going for a bit of a heat wave at the moment, so you could have tips on how to stay cool. Um, you could have advice on how to get neck pain, not to get neck pain from work to, working at a desk, how to start a new exercise routine, um, how to look after your feet in the summer, all sorts of things that you can put in there. And then when people read it, they're not, it's not like you're selling to them, you're giving them good advice. And people like that. And that's, and that's why you do it. And that's how to see it. It's not as you're bothering them or asking them for something. It's that you're giving them really good advice that will help their lives. And if it doesn't help them, then it may help someone that they know. So that's why we do it. So now we sort of know why we're doing it. Um, what, what, do, do, what do we get from sending a newsletter? What is the point of investing time in doing, in doing this? Um, well, basically... It gives us a chance to reconnect with patients. So I have patients on my newsletter list that I haven't seen for years. But every fortnight I send them an email to remind them that I exist, that I am still there, that I'm still in practice, particularly with COVID. You know, people, we've gone through this time of people being open, shut, open, shut, open, shut, um, and many businesses struggling. That it's a sign that I'm still here, I'm still active, I still exist, which is really useful. So that's one reason why we do this. That's one thing we get about out of it is to send, to tell people that we still are practicing. The second thing is to tell people what we what we do other than what they came in for. So they may have come in for headaches 
and they may not know that we treat back pain or we treat neck pain or that we you know that i sell custom orthotics um equally they may have come in for custom orthotics and have no idea that i treat headaches or back pain so by sending out little bits of information about the different things you treat each time it then gives people a wider idea of what you do so that when one of their friends or family members or co-workers or whatever goes, oh gosh, I've got a really dreadful headache, what should I do? Ah, oh, my chiropractor, she's brilliant and she treats that. Oh, let me forward you the email or let me give you her details. And that's another reason why we're doing it is we're educating our, patient, our existing patients on what we do. And these people have already had good results from us. So they're more likely to recommend us if they know what, that we can do that to their friend than they are anybody else. And finally, it it prompts appointments. So every time I send a newsletter, I almost always get an email back going, thank you for sending that. I've been meaning to get in touch with you. Can I book an appointment with you next Thursday or what have you? Um, so that's another reason why to send it. Because often, how many times have you got to make an appointment with someone or you need to send an email to book something and you just keep forgetting? Having something like a newsletter come through is a brilliant prompt to get people to, to make that appointment they've been meaning to do for ages. So that's why we do it. And if you hold those reasons, you know, reminding people that we exist, educating of what we do and providing a prompt for treatment on top of the um, providing healthcare advice, you know, brilliant advice that might help improve people's lives in your head when you're writing your newsletter, then you will feel less like you're bothering people and more like you're providing a useful service. And, and that's exactly what you're doing, really. So that's the kind of whys and, and wherefores of doing it but what's the actual mechanics of doing it what when should you do it and and and, and what's going to go in it so basically you want to you want to pick a time that you can stick to so consistency is all important in newsletters it really is sending one here now then you know all over the place doesn't really work having consistency whether it's weekly fortnightly or monthly shows patients that you're delivering up consistent information and you're there on a regular thing and that helps build that know like and trust that i've spoken about many times so pick a frequency that you can do i do fortnightly because i found weekly too much and i think monthly is too long so find doesn't matter which you do just find the frequency that works best for you so once you've got your frequency and then you need to choose um, how you're going to send them don't just send them up through like a a gmail thing or anything like that because it's better to send it for a mail kind of mail management system like i use MailerLite or mailchimp um because that then it helps you be gdpr compliant and i know for a lot of us in the uk and euros um gdpr is something that makes us stop doing this now you can contact people who've who've been to you who've brought your service through what's called legitimate interest. It's a legitimate interest for you to contact them with details of, of, of health tips, of changes in opening hours, of changes in prices and things like that. So as long as they've brought from you, then you can send them an email. But you have to do things like have an unsubscribe button on the bottom of your email and have your address on it and a few other things like that. If you send it out through some sort of thing that you do yourself, you're likely to find that difficult or forget to do it one time, and that would make you uncompliant with GDPR. If you use, um, as I said, I use MailerLite, or lots of people use MailChimp, then that they will put those things in place for you. They will make sure your address is on the bottom. They will make sure that you have an unsubscribe button, and it just makes it easier, and it's a lot more professional looking. So 
make sure you have one of those. They're not expensive, they're really not expensive. I use MailerLite and with the number of subscribers I have, it's free. So get yourself one of those and that will help you stay GDPR compliant. So we've now chosen our consistency and we've spoken about GDPR, but what actually are you gonna put in this newsletter? So I keep mine brief. You know, there's lots of white space on the email. They're easy to read, lots of bullet points or step-by-step -step guides. Um, MailerLite has this thing that you can put in a GIF so you can have a link to a video and it'll animate video. So when you open the email, it's moving slightly and that makes people click on it more. So I do quite a bit of that. So I'll, if I've done a live recently, I will put a link to the live and, and whatever I've talked about. I might put, say, a free step guide to reducing neck pain when using your phone and one, two, three steps. Then if I've got a blog that I've written about that more, then I'll link to the blog. I might say about recent news. So, um, for instance, when I had my COVID vaccine, I put you know a picture of my COVID vaccine card on there and said that I've been vaccinated. So it's things like that. You know, obviously what you'll share about your personal life depends on what kind of clinician you are and what your brand values that you are and things like that. But it just needs to be short and sweet with links to your to your website for anything that you want people to read in more detail. So it doesn't have to be war and peace. You're not writing a really long thing. If you look at the emails that you get in, and this is always a good thing to do, I find. Look at the emails that you get in from bigger companies. That will show you the trend of newsletters. So they used to be really, really long. Now they tend to be shorter with links to websites. And then you can just almost get inspiration from things like that. I tend to get inspiration from, from everywhere that I go. But that, that kind of thing for newsletters really helps. And then um, finally, we want to talk about um, unsubscribes and click-free rates and reading rates. Now, don't worry if people unsubscribe, that's okay. It keeps your subscriber list to your, which is your, your mailing list, to your, act, to your active members. Because when you start to get more people, um, if people aren't that interested, then they're just going to cost you money to sit on your list. So, you know, don't worry about unsubscribes, it happens. And don't expect 100% people to open your email. I think anything above kind of 10, 20% is a good open rate. So don't worry if it's if it's if you're not having 100%. That would be unrealistic. And people still tend to enjoy reading them. Or sometimes, you know, you I might get emails from people and I enjoy reading the email, but I've just been busy that week. Or I can see from the topic it doesn't particularly interest me, but I might read it next time. So don't get hung up on that when people unsubscribe. It doesn't mean that they won't come back and see you. It just means they don't want to get an email from you. And it's not a reason to not do newsletters. So I hope now I've taken you through the, the sort of basic elements of sending newsletters um, and given you more confidence that you should start doing this. It really does help to build your practice by bringing patients back into you who need to see you and have just not got around to it and helping educate them so they can tell their friends and family about the other things that, that, that you treat. So sort out your consistency, how often you're going to send a newsletter and start doing it. It's, it's that easy. But the thing I find is important is to schedule a time in your diary where you're going to sit and write a newsletter. And it don't take long. I can do it in 20 minutes um, if I really sit and focus or I do it in two or three 15 minute blocks if I haven't got um, a good half an hour that I know that I can dedicate to, even if I won't need that whole half an hour, if that makes sense. So that's all I want to talk about today. Um, I will put a link to the um, previous episodes we've talked about this in the show notes and to the um, 
an anti-mailer like the um, email software that I use. Um, and I look forward to seeing you in a fortnight when we'll be talking about the third element, which is patient review. Have a lovely day now. Goodbye.